Hey y'all, Rochelle here. And Lynn. If you like our podcast, be sure to rate and review us on your podcast platform. Or share us on social media so more folks out there can join the Idgits and Aspets family. And don't forget to subscribe as well so you automatically have our newest episodes. Okay, so today we are talking about season eight, episode three called Heartache. We start out in a park at night. We're in Minneapolis, Minneapolis. Oh, wow. Minnesota. 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 <laughs> yep. Um, a young male uh, is jogging along a path. Uh, a wider man, <laughs> a wider man, a heavyset man. <laughs> <laughs> is that what they wrote on the thing? <laughs> no, heavy set is what they wrote. I changed oh. it to wider and now I'm like, I don't like that. <laughs> yeah. So anyways, a bigger dude um, runs faster and catches up to him. Uh, he jogs next to him for a few moments as they look at each other. And then the bigger dude sprints off. Uh, the first man stops to catch his breath before jogging on. Further down the path, the jogger comes to a stop in front of the bigger man who seems to be waiting for him. The jogger holds out his hand and says, congratulations, you're fast. The bigger man grabs the jogger's outstretched right arm with his left hand and says, I do a lot of cardio. And then the bigger man shoves his right hand into the jogger's chest and pulls out his heart. That's the jogger, Yep. The jogger falls to the ground dead and we get our opening title sequence. So we cut to the boys at a farmer's market. <laughs> Sam grabs a red apple from a basket and takes a bite. Dina's looking is at disgusted. his phone. <laughs> Dina, Dina's unaware of what's happening, I think. Um, he's looking like, at I think he's phone. just like, I don't know, to me, like the whole farmer's market thing just kind of baffles him. Yeah. <laughs> like, what's the point? <laughs> <laughs> so Dina's looking at his phone. Dean says, wow, guy goes to purgatory for a year. All hell breaks loose. Check this out. A jogger in Minneapolis gets his heart ripped out. Sam says, I'm guessing literally. Dean says, the only thing. Dean says, the only way that interests me. <laughs> and then there's another article from six months ago. Uh, same thing happens also in Minneapolis. What does that? Uh, that's not what he says. He says, what does that tell us? Sam says, stay out of Minneapolis. <laughs> Dean says, two hearts ganked, same city, six months apart. Uh, I mean, that's got to be a ritual, man, or at least some sort of heart-sucking, possessed, satanic, crack whore bat. <laughs> what? <laughs> Sam says, a what? <laughs> Oddly specific, sir. <laughs> yep. Dean says, it's a case. Look, I say we hang out, uh, hang out the shingle again and ride. Sam says, we're on a case, Dean. Kevin and the demon tablet need to be found. So heart guide takes a number. Dean says, uh, we just spent a week chasing our asses, trying to lock Kevin down. Okay. And look at us where he takes a look around at their surroundings. Where the hell are we? <laughs> Sam says farmer's market. And he holds up an, the apple and says organic. What? I had a year off. I took some time to enjoy the good things. Dean says, well, like <laughs> <laughs> I know fruit. Yay. <laughs> Dean says, while avoiding doing what we actually do, Sam says, wow, Dean, does it make you feel that much better every time you say it? Dean says, all right, man, look, I get it. You took a year off to do yoga and play the lute, whatever, but I'm back. Okay. We're back, which means that we walk and kill monsters at the same time. We'll find Kevin. But in the meantime, do we ignore stuff like this or are innocent people supposed to die so that you can shop for produce? So we cut to inside a police station. 
uh, Dean and Sam are in suits talking to a detective. The detective says, here's what's odd about this thing. The guy wasn't chopped, uh, wasn't chopped or cut into no incision, but his heart was ripped out of him like a peach pit. Sam says, was he robbed? The detective says, phone, watch, money, all still on him. Dean says, what about enemies? The detective says, he was in town for a conference, no local connections. Dean says, you guys had another one of these about six months ago? The detective says, yeah, and we hit a brick wall. We had nothing to go on, really. Thought maybe we got lucky here. He walks over to a TV um, and says, a park surveillance camera picked up something. So they watch the heavyset man outrun the jogger on the security camera footage. Dean says, huh, that chubby guy is the last person to see the Vic alive? The detective says, other than the killer, name's Paul Hayes. We uh, pulled him in for questioning. Sam says, so what makes you think he's clean? The detective says, well, so far, no reason not to. I mean, he said he briefly saw the victim. He ran out ahead. That was it. Dean says, what, you mean you didn't, he didn't fall to his knees and confess to gutting the guy? The detective says, no, I mean, we did a thorough check on the guy, not so much as a parking ticket came up. I mean, look at him. I mean, sure, he can run a little bit, but Thor, he ain't. You think he's going to grab Freddy Fitness here and throw him down and rip out his heart? I don't think so. Forgive me if I didn't take him out back and shoot him. Sam says, okay, uh, so any idea? A bit like... I guess a little defensive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Sam says, any idea where we can find this guy? I just said idea. <laughs> any idea? <laughs> uh, so we cut to Paul Hayes' house. Um, he's mixing a smoothie in a blender while Sam waits. Paul says, sorry, I kind of try to stick to a nutrition and workout schedule. Do you want to hit? Sam says, I'm good. Thanks. Paul says, oh, no, thank you. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Sam says, so Paul, you passed a runner who was later killed. Did you speak with him at all? Paul says, yeah, I went over with with the cops. I didn't know him. I never spoken to him. I ran past him. I never saw him again. The end. We hear a toilet flush off screen. And then Dean walks into the room. Paul says, "Mm, oh, it's disgusting. It tastes like crap, but it keeps you young. Uh, I forgot to add before this that he takes a drink of his smoothie. He's not talking about Dean in the bathroom. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I just made it sound. <laughs> he takes a sip. Toilet bowl water is pretty gross. <laughs> <laughs> Dean says, um, oh, thanks. Oh, uh, too much fiber. Paul says, no such thing. Sam says, thank you. To Dean, he says, see, now, Paul, we couldn't help but notice that the jogger you outraced was a good deal younger than you. Dean says, yeah, unless, uh, Paul says, uh, full figured, you should have seen me before. Yeah, hugging a desk all day, watching TV all night, eating fried everything was killing me. I had a health scare about a year ago. Sam says, I'm sorry to hear that. Paul says, no, it changed my life. I mean, I started taking care of myself. Dean says, now your body's a temple, huh? Paul says, where I worship every day. And he mm-hmm. drinks some more of his smoothie. So we cut to inside. looks not pleased about it. <laughs> <laughs> we cut to inside a cafe. Um, it's still daytime. Sam in- joins Dean at a table. Sam says, all right, so what's the word? What did you find poking around at Paul's? Dean says, uh, just the usual condoms, hair gel, no hex bags, nothing satanic, nothing spooky. Dean is using a laptop. 
Sam looks through some papers uh, and says, so he didn't seem like a guy who would be voted most likely to disembowel. Dean <laughs> says, no, they never do. Uh, wait a minute. Here's another one. Sam says, what murder? Dean says, and a do it yourself heart bypass two days after this one. Sam says, what part of Minneapolis? Dean says, the Iowa part, Ames. Sam says, well, Paul was here being questioned. There's no way that could have been him. Dean says, this guy was a cop. Uh, and he is looking at the Des, Moines, the Des Moines Herald online. The headline reads, Ames police officer arrested in murder. Dean says, this is exactly what happened six months ago. Minneapolis, then Ames. Guess you missed that one. I'm just saying. Which is a little bitchy, Dean. Okay. <laughs> I mean, but Dean's been a little bitchy lately, so. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> okay, so we get a close-up of the photo in the online article. The description reads, Officer Arthur Swenson, resident of Ames, now in police custody. So we cut to the Ames police station. Uh, Officer Levitt says, Arthur Swenson, real top shelf art officer. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, 20 years on the force. He'd order a pizza, which the Vic delivered. Sam says, and then? The officer says the Vic didn't make his next drop off. His body was found on, on the walk in front of Swenson's. Dean says, and he wasn't wearing a heart? Officer says, no, heartless. Sam says, oh, and uh, what about Swenson? The officer says, crumpled on the front stoop, covered in blood, crying like a baby. Ironically, he had been in court all week testifying. A phone rings. Another officer says, hey, love it. Line two. The officer says, excuse me. And then on the phone, he says, go ahead. Sam says to Dean, so that couldn't have been him in Minneapolis. Dean says, I hate it when this happens. Uh, the officer hangs up the phone. Dean says, so this Arthur guy, what does, what does he have to say? The officer says, uh, it's not real helpful. So we cut to uh, the police station jail interview room. Arthur Swenson is nervously sitting at the table, mumbling to himself. Dean says, so you're getting a statement? Sam says, uh, yeah, kind of, probably not. <laughs> Dean says, it's too bad I dropped out a lunatic 101. Sam says, whatever it is, it sounds like he's repeating it. Dean says, look at his eyes. Hey, Arthur, did you do the, did you do this alone? Sam says, Arthur, did some invisible voice tell you you had to kill? Arthur bangs his hands on the table. Um, and then he repeats the words louder and then more softly again. Dean says, oh, now you've pissed him off. Hey, Art, can I call you Art? Listen, I'm going to sprinkle your arm with holy water. He takes out a flask and says, and it's going to steam and burn if you're possessed by a demon. To Sam, he says, he's a mushroom. Dean pours some holy water on Arthur's arm, but nothing happens. Sam says, okay, not possessed. Dean says, Arthur, you want to tell us why you did this? Arthur just repeats his non-words. Dean says, okay and walks towards the door so we cut to arthur sitting on the edge of his bed rocking back and forth and saying the same words over and over he pulls a metal bar off the bed frame and points it at his eye uh, the camera shifts to the hallway outside his cell we hear a stabbing noise and screaming what oh so gross not the eyeballs like i can't deal with the eyeball stuff <laughs> yeah uh. And that bed frame, I mean, he must have been strong to pull that off. I know. And pull that like, piece off. Rust much? You know? Like. Yeah. 
Also, let me just stick this in my eye. <laughs> that sounds like an awful idea, sir. <laughs> mm-hmm. So we cut to a motel room. It's daytime. Sam is re- uh, playing a recording of Arthur's repeating words. Sam says, so what do you think? Dean says, personally, I prefer Keith Richards' version. Sam <laughs> says, can you actually understand any of the words? Dean mm-hmm. says, if they are words, sounds like babble to me. Wait a second. Sam says, what? Dean says, I bought a translation app. <laughs> Sam says, you He's bought like, an I'm app? fancy pants. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> He's very proud of himself. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sam says, you bought an app? Dean says, yeah, here, play it. And Dean holds out his phone and Sam plays the recording again. Dean says, and Babel wins. Language unknown. He <laughs> holds up his phone for Sam to read. Then Sam's phone rings. Uh Sam says on the phone, Agent Sambora, what? Um, We cut to inside of a hospital. Arthur Swenson is lying uh, in a hospital bed with a bandage around his head. Dean is talking to Dr. Kashi outside the room. Dean says, so Dr. Kashi, what are we looking at here? Some kind of psychotic break? Dr. Kashi says, oh, definitely. He was very thorough, severed the optic nerve. He was determined to remove the eye. Yeah. Dean says, and he used uh, what to cut with, cut it with. Dr. Cashy says, he doesn't look strong enough, but he broke off part of the bed frame and used it as a knife. Uh, to a nurse who hands her a file, she says, thank you. Dean says, wow, they should put warning labels on those beds. Dr. Cashy says, like I said, determined. Dean says, I noticed that he had two different colored eyes. Dr. Cashy says, yes, apparently he was in an accident where much of his eye was shattered. His vision was saved with a transplant. Dean says, when was this? Dr. Cashy looks at the file and says, a year ago, almost to the date. And interestingly, it's a transplanted eye he chose to cut out. Dean says, really? Hey, let me ask you something, Doc. Is it possible to trace the donor of a transplanted organ? Um, Dr. Cashy says, difficult. Dean says, but possible? Dr. Cashy smiles at him. So I cut to inside the motel room. Sam is using the laptop. Uh, Dean enters the room carrying a drink and takeout food. Dean says, hey. Sam says, hey. Arthur Swenson had an eye transplant a year ago, right? Dean says, yeah. Sam says, well, I remembered that Paul Hayes was talking about a health scare he had a year ago that changed his life. So I pulled up his medical records from Minneapolis. There's a long pause as Dean looks at Sam. Sam says, you want me on board? I'm on board. Anyway, you want to guess who else other than Arthur Swenson had a transplant in the last year? Dean says, Paul Hayes. Sam says, I gave it away, didn't I? <laughs> Dean says, okay. So we've I made got it two. too easy. Yep. <laughs> Dean says, okay, so we've got two suspects in two identical murders in two different cities that both had organ transplants a year ago. Sam says, yeah. Also, Dean says, I love it when there's an also. <laughs> Sam says, I got to thinking about all that stuff arthur swenson was talking about maybe your translation app uh called it language unknown because it's a dead language like ancient greek or manx dean says manx <laughs> sam says so i emailed an audio file of arthur's mumbling to dr morrison dean says who sam says dr morrison the anthropology professor who helped us out with the amazons dean says yes okay okay well let's get our asses on the road sam says headed to 
Dean says, well, if we are in a repeat cycle from six months ago, then after the murders in Minneapolis and Ames, the next heart attack was in Boulder, Colorado. So we cut to the outside of a strip club. It's nighttime. A man is leaning against a wall in the alleyway outside the strip club. That alleyway has got to be disgusting. I wouldn't want to lean on anything. (laughs) I know. I wouldn't want to touch it. No. A woman in high platform heels and a tight black dress comes outside and sees the man. The man says, Randa. Uh, Randa says, chick, right? Chick says, loved your performance tonight. Must take a must take years of training. Randa laughs and says, "Actually, I'm kind of a natural." Randa takes Chick's arm and they walk a short distance. Chick says, "Um, you know, I don't normally do this kind of thing." Randa says, "Mm-hmm." <laughs> Chick says, "Um, there's just uh, it's just something about you." Then Randa pushes Chick against the wall. She pulls his shirt back bends her knees and presses herself against his body like she's about to go down (laughs) as she straightens up she shoves a hand into his chest with her other hand she pushes a finger against his lips she says shh randa pulls out chick's heart he flops to the ground dead (laughs) sick (laughs) yep yeah, now he's on a disgusting ground. I mean, he's dead, sure, but <laughs> gross. I mean, at that point, he probably doesn't care, and also it doesn't matter, but <laughs> still disgusting. Still pretty nasty. <laughs> uh, okay, so we cut to the Impala. It's nighttime. Dean is driving, and Sam is in the passenger seat. Dean says, All right, case is coming together. Things are coming together, man. You and me, it's all good. <laughs> Sam doesn't respond, and Dean says, Hey, Sam says, What? Dean says, what are you thinking about? Organic tomatoes? <clears throat> Sam says, I'm, I'm not thinking about anything. Dean says, I don't know about you, but this last year has given me a new perspective. Sam says, I hear you. Believe me. Dean says, I know where I'm at my best. And that's right here, driving down crazy street next to you. Sam says, makes sense. Dean says, yes, it does. Sam says, or maybe you don't need me. I mean, maybe you're at your best hacking and slicing your way through all the world's crap alone, not having to explain yourself to anybody. Dean says, yeah, that makes sense. Seeing as I have so many other brothers, I can talk about this stuff too. (laughs) I mean, that's fair. (laughs) Yeah. Sam says, look, I'm not saying I'm bailing on you. I'm just saying make room for the possibility that we want different things. I mean, I want my time to count for something. Dean says, so what we do doesn't count. And then Dean's phone rings. Dean on the phone says, yeah. Hey, Dr. Kashi. Okay. Thank you. Uh, Could you run, could you run one more name for me? Yeah. Hayes, Paul. Uh Uh-huh. And the donor? Seriously? How many others? Did anybody from Boulder, Colorado receive any of those organs? Okay. Thank you. Dean hangs up and says to Sam, well, this is going to send your axons. (laughs) she says that both paul hayes kidney and arthur swenson's new eye came from you ready for this brick homes sam says you don't mean the brick homes dean says i do sam says all pro quarterback dean says indeed yeah the guy played at the top of his game for like a million years didn't he sam says yeah and he bought it in a yeah and he bought it in a car crash last year 
Dean says, yeah. Sam says, nose dived off a bridge or something. He must have signed a donor card. Did the doc say how many organs he donated? Dean says, including our two suspects, eight. Sam says, eight. Dean says, <laughs> Dean says eight. Yeah, that's a problem. <laughs> Sam says, okay. Um, and one of them's in Boulder. Am I right? Dean says, you would be wrong. That's the bad news. Good news is Brick lived just outside Boulder. Sam says, well, Brick's dead. Dean says, yeah, but he's all we got. So we are going to Boulder. So we cut to a candlelit room. It's night. Uh, Randa dips her fingers into a bowl of blood and paints her face with it. Uh, she cha- yeah, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's never good. Never good. She chants and then takes a bite out of Chick's heart. She breathes deeply and closes her eyes as energy seems to shimmer around in the room and then whooshes into her body. Her chest glows with red light. And when she opens her eyes, they also glow with red light. So we cut to inside the Holmes residence. Um, it's daytime. Mrs. Holmes is sitting on a couch. Sam and Dean are in chairs opposite her. Dean says, I just want to say how sorry we are for your loss, Mrs. Holmes. Mrs. Holmes says, thank you. Sam says, you know, Brick Holmes was my idol back in high school. Amazing career. 18 pro seasons, seven division championships, four Super Bowls, never slowed down a day. Mrs. Holmes says, Brick lived for competition and athletic perfection. I don't think it occurred to his fans that he was human like the rest of us. Sam says, do you know your son was an organ donor? Mrs. Holmes says, does that make this a matter for the FBI? Like, um, okay. <laughs> yeah. She says it kind of snarky though. So it made me Oh yeah, of... for sure. But that for, to me, I would be like, does that, why does that matter? You know? Like... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, if I was being questioned by the FBI, I don't know if I would ever ask like, why does that matter to the FBI? I think I'd just be like, so terrified Yeah, <laughs> that I would just also. like, yeah, you know, <laughs> just like quietly answer everything and then like run to poop when I'm done, you know? I know. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just sounds yeah. terrifying. Uh, Dean says, like we explained earlier, we're mostly here uh, to dot some eyes on a different matter. Mrs. Holmes says there was a public awareness thing a few years back. A lot of star athletes signed on. I'm sure Brick didn't think twice about it since he never thought he was going to die. Dean says a lot of jocks are like that, I guess, you know, I can't help but wonder what happened that night on the bridge. There was light traffic, no alcohol involved, no skid marks, big time athlete reflexes like a cat. How is it that he just drives off the side of a bridge? Mrs. Holmes says, when things happen that aren't supposed to happen, they're called accidents, I believe. Snarky, snarky. I know. <laughs> Jeez. Sam says, so everybody knows about Brick's football career, obviously, but no one knows much about his personal life. Was he ever married? Mrs. Holmes says, just to the game. He gave it everything he had. It's a difficult life. Dean says, did you notice any changes in Brick before he died? You know, anyone or anything new in his life? Mrs. Holmes says, no, no, I don't think so. Dean says, so no new interests, fly fishing, stamp collecting, the occult. Mrs. Holmes says, the occult. <laughs> Dean says, as a, for instance. Mrs. Holmes says, no, everything was just as it had been. I'm sorry, but I'm afraid my time is up. She stands up and says, the university is naming a new athletic building after brick. I can't be late. Sam says, of course, just one more question. 
Mrs. Holmes says, there is always one more question in life, isn't there? That's what I find. And she heads for the door. Like, okay, somebody's not trying to avoid something, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's totally <laughs> suspicious. So the boys go outside. Sam says, oh, she didn't want to say much, did she? Dean checks his phone and says, son of a bitch. Sam says, what? Dean says, there it is. It happened. Sam says, come on, don't tell me someone had their heart ripped out here in Boulder. <laughs> Dean says, all right, then I won't tell you. And he heads for the Impala. <laughs> Um, inside the home residence, Mrs. Holmes watches the Impala drive away. She walks to a staircase and looks up and to see, uh, Randa standing at the top of the stairs. Mrs. Holmes says, what are you doing here? Randa? Randa says, you know, I like to stay close to the mothership. I saw a car out front. So I came in the back cops. Mrs. Holmes says, I suppose Brick's death, Brick's death continues to fascinate. Randa says, so we're clear. You're still being very careful about what you say. Mrs. Holmes says, I'm old, Randa, not an idiot. Randa says, I'm just trying to protect Brick. Mrs. Holmes says, and so am I. Randa says, Brick's heart beats inside here now. Brick gave me new life. I can feel him. That's why I moved to Boulder, to be near here. And I'll watch out for you like Brick did. Mrs. Holmes says, I don't need your concern. Randa says, we need each other and Brick needs us. You keep our little secret safe and the three of us will be just fine. So we cut inside the motel. Uh, Sam is sitting on the bed while talking on the phone and taking notes. Dean is using the laptop at the table. Sam on the phone says, all right, Professor Morrison, that does it. The FBI thanks you. Guess I'm totally looking into adding you as a technical advisor. Yeah, it, it comes with a medical plan. All right, <laughs> goodbye. And he hangs up. Dean says, he come through? Sam says, yeah, he did. All right, so here's what's crazy. Here's what crazy Arthur Swenson was babbling over and over. Um, first, it is a dead language, ancient Mayan. Dean says, doesn't get much deader than that. <laughs> Sam says, so what Arthur was saying was the divine God I can't say this. Cacao. Cacao? Yeah, like the, the bean, I think. I just have never really said that word before. Okay, oh. the divine god cacao. <laughs> cacao. <laughs> it's born. It says cacao. Sam says cacao. Yeah, the mind god of maize, corn, the big crop. See, cacao is the most powerful god because maize was the most important thing to the Mayans. Well, that and torturing and killing everyone in sight. <laughs> Dean says, so this is what we're looking for. Is a thousand-year-old cultures, uh, yeah, cultures god of corn? Sam says, uh, I guess. Dean says, well, whatever it is, we better cap it quick or somebody in Phoenix is up next to get their heart yanked. Sam says, someone in Phoenix got a piece of brick? Dean says, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it just sounds so strange. <laughs> it does. Uh, Dean says, Yeah, I got a name. Just email the cops. So we see a close up of the Phoenix Press on the laptop screen. The headline is Phoenix Police asking for public's assistance to find missing man. Um, Dean says, Just heard back from him. Uh, they haven't seen the guy in days. Oh, and we got another email here too. This one's for you from a university answering questions about admissions. Sam says, just something I'm looking into, an option. <laughs> I just thought about it, geez. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Dean says, you're seriously talking about hanging it up? 
Sam says, I'm not talking about anything, Dean. I'm just looking at options. Dean stares at him and and Sam says, so what should we, uh, that's not what he says. (laughs) Sorry. Sorry. Eric just came in here and waved at me. So I'm all like, I'm all askew. (laughs) (laughs) Sam says, so what should we just go to Phoenix and chase our tails until this guy shows his face? Dean says, no, uh, Brick Holmes is the way into this. He stands up and walks across the room. He says, Eleanor Holmes was doing her damnedest not to tell us a thing. Nice job on changing the subject, though. So we cut to inside the Holmes residence. It's nighttime. Sam and Dean walk up the stairs using flashlights. Dean says, all right, naming ceremonies over at 10. So we got to get in and get out. Sam says, master bedroom. Dean says, yeah. So they enter the bedroom. Dean says, closets. So Dean goes into one walk-in closet and Sam goes into another and they turn on the lights. Dean says, Brick's closet. Looks like this stuff hasn't been touched in a year. Man, what would this stuff go for on eBay? He finds a bottle of peroxide in a drawer and says, hey, Sammy, would it totally crush you to know that your boy Brick wasn't a natural blonde? (laughs) Sam says, Dean, this is really weird. Dean says, what do you got? Sam says, I don't know. Is this Eleanor's closet? Dean says, why would his mother's closet be in here? Are you sure? Sam takes a jacket and scarf off of the hanging rack. He says, check this out. He steps outside the closet and holds the clothes up for Dean to see. He says, this is what she was wearing today when we talked to her. Dean says, maybe she moved into Brick's room after he died. Or Dean looks at the bed. Sam says, oh, thanks, Dean. Now that's an image is permanently etched in my retinas. Yeah, that's grody. (laughs) Yucky. (laughs) So they go back to their closets. Uh, Dean finds another door hidden behind uh, the hanging clothes. Dean says, now that's what I'm talking about. Sam follows Dean into the hidden room. It's filled with sports trophies. Sam says, wow. And he pushes past Dean. He says, I knew he'd have something like this in this house. Dean says, this is a lot of hardware. Okay, the football trophies I get, but there's a lot of other stuff here. I mean, baseball, boxing, race car driving. Sam says, he was a fan, any kind of athlete. He respected them. I mean, look at uh, look at all this old stuff he's got. A cricket mallet, golf clubs, a kendo sword, archery equipment. Dean takes a box from a cupboard and opens it. He says, hey, look at this. He puts the box down on the table and takes out a bunch of letters. Uh, so Sam and Dean sit down and read them. Sam says, they're all the same. Dearest Betsy, blah, blah, blah. Who's Betsy? Dean says, I don't know. Girlfriend, maybe? Eleanor didn't mention a Betsy. Sam says, this one looks old. Uh, Dearest Betsy, third day of training camp. Road work improving. Working on my left job. They say this kid Sugar Ray is going to be tough. Dean says, Sugar Ray, as in Robinson? Didn't he box in like the 40s? Is it signed the same? Sam says, yeah, love me. Dean says, here, dearest Betsy, on the road again. So hard to be away from you, honey. We'll give the Red Sox hell and get back to you. Sam says, dearest Betsy. Dean says, dearest Betsy, Le Mans will be a bitch this year with all the rain. I don't know if I said that right. Le Mans? I don't know. Le Mans, you know Le Mans, something like yeah. that. <laughs> I don't know what that was. I don't know. Sam says, the Phillies are tough, but we're looking to be tougher. Dean says, them Dodgers will wish they never left Brooklyn. Sam says, looking for my best gal Friday night at the garden. Dean says, our O-line hung tough. (laughs) 
I had all day back there. I have no idea what that means, but it just makes me giggle. Oh, the offensive line. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's not as perverted as I was thinking. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> just the offense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> Sam says, Alan Pross is a monster on the straightaway. Dean says, dearest Betsy. Sam says, dearest Betsy. Dean says, love me. Sam says, wait, this one looks recent. Dearest Betsy, so tired of it all. So we cut to inside the motel room. It's still night. Sam is using the laptop at the table and Dean is reading from a clipboard. Uh, Sam says, hey, I pulled up the names of, on those trophies. Check it out. Dean moves his chair closer to Sam. Sam says, okay, Brick Holmes, football player. He brings up photos on the laptop and says, Charlie Carnes, race car driver. Davy Samuelson, baseball player. Kelly Duran, boxer. Four different guys, right? Dean says, okay. Sam says, check this out. And he arranges the photos so that the headshots of the four athletes appear on the same page. He says, same dark eyes, same cheekbones, nose, mouth. Dean says, wait, are you saying that these four guys who all look to be in their mid-20s and go back 70 years could be the same guy? Wow, for a 95-year-old, Brick Holmes could take a hit. <laughs> so we cut to some time later. Sam is typing on the laptop. Dean is looking at some papers uh, that he spread out on the bed. Sam says, so if all those athletes are the same guy, how do you pull it off? Appear, then go away and come back with a new look? Dean says, cacao, the, um, the maze god was Mayan, right? Sam says, yeah. Dean says, the Mayan were all about war and torture and conquests and sports. It says their athletes were treated like kings. The Mayan jacks made sacrifices to cacao by, ready for this? Killing a victim, pulling out his heart, and eating it. They believe the rituals gave them supercharged powers over their opponents. Sam says, yeah, but they didn't stay young forever. So what? Maybe Brick just made some kind of deal with this cacao? Dean says, well, we've seen it before. Peaking people <laughs> I think I said peaking <laughs> people making deals with demons gods I mean maybe he stayed young and strong so long as the sacrifices kept coming remember all that uh, all that antique sports equipment he had this guy could go back to the Mayan days Sam says wow so one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play the game was over 900 years old Dean says, well, that explains brick, but what about the mooks carrying his spare parts? Sam says, maybe the spell went along for the ride and infected the people who got his organs. Remember how Paul Hayes says he uh, said he had a health scare that changed his life? I mean, maybe the spell could compel him to keep carrying out the ritual. Dean says, sort of like getting bit by a werewolf. I mean, once you're infected, you do what you got to do, especially if, if you like the results. Sam says, right, except old Arthur, the dedicated cop, couldn't handle it and went nuts. Brick Holmes, a heart eater. Who knew? Sam says, yeah, sorry, buddy. No, Dean says, yeah, sorry, buddy. The mighty, they fall hard, huh? <laughs> Sam reads something on the laptop and says, well, at least he wasn't sleeping with his mother. Dean says, yeah, good, Sam. Find the silver lining. <laughs> Sam says, no, seriously, look. And Dean moves over to look at the laptop, which shows a photo of a woman with a boxer. Dean reads, fighter Kelly Duran is congratulated on a second round knockout with wife Betsy. Then he says, dearest Betsy. So we cut 
Back to the Holmes residence. Uh, Mrs. Holmes opens the door. Sam and Dean are on the doorstep and they're wearing casual clothes instead of their fed clothes. Sam says, hello, Eleanor. Dean says, or would you rather us call you Betsy? Sam says, look, Eleanor, innocent people are dying and they're going to continue to die until we stop it. Uh, Mrs. Holmes sits down on the sofa. Dean says, did you know about the murders over the past year? Mrs. Holmes says, no, I didn't. I swear. I thought when, when Brick died, it would be over. Dean says, help us, Betsy. This is not what you want Brick's legacy to be. Mrs. Holmes says his Mayan name was Eno. He was a proud young athlete nearly a thousand years ago. He lived for sport, never wanted his days in the sun to end. So he arranged a bargain with the god Cacao through a high priest. Dean says, stay young forever. Mrs. Holmes says, as long as the the sacrifices continued twice a year, once for the planting, once for the harvest. Sam says, when did you find out about this? Mrs. Holmes says, not until I begin to age. And Brick, Kelly, as he was when I met him, did not. But by that time, Brick himself had changed inside. He wasn't just the warrior whose only reason for living was combat. He, we were deeply, deeply in love. So in love, I'm ashamed to say, that when I found out that how my husband stayed young and strong, I chose to ignore it. Sam says, you and Brick had to go underground from time to time to hide your secret, right? Mrs. Holmes says, every 10 years or so, he would uh, reemerge with a new look, a new name. And me, I was the wife, and I was the woman in hiding. And then when I got into my 40s, I became Brick's mother. Eleanor, I am so tired. You can't imagine the burden of it all. I think even Brick was through. He could see the end of my days were at hand and... He lived centuries all alone, but I don't think he could bear the thought of life without me. That's why he drove off that bridge. You must think I'm a monster. Dean says, no, no, just that you married one. Well, see, here's the deal. Now there are eight killers out there that we have to deal with, not just one. Mrs. Holmes says, I don't think so. Sam says, what? Why not? Mrs. Holmes says, Brick used to say the heart was the key. That was the focus of the sacrifice. Dean says, are you saying that if we stop, if we stop Brick's beating heart, then we could stop the whole thing? Mrs. Holmes nods. Sam says, do you know where the person is who has the heart? Do you know? So we cut to the bunny hole strip club. (laughs) (laughs) Such a name. (laughs) The Impala pulls up and Dean parks. Um, Dean says, really? Our King Daddy monster is a stripper? (laughs) Sam says, we're pretty sure this is going to work, right? Dean says, well, as long as Eleanor knows what she's talking about. Dean takes a large knife from a bag and hands it to Sam. Sam says, you think Brick thought maybe he'd burned a nothing when he crashed that car? Dean says, yeah, but he didn't, which brings us here. So they get out of the Impala and walk towards the strip club. Um, They walk around a corner to the rear door of the club. Neon signs advertise new dancers, exotic dancers, and pointing to the dunner, the dunner, pointing to the door, <laughs> <laughs> rear entry, <laughs> Dean picks the lock. Uh, so inside the bunny hole, Sam and Dean. <laughs> Just, I can't get over that name. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> uh, Sam and Dean walk upstairs and look around the club's locker room. Dean inhales and says, smell that. Sam says, you're gross. (laughs) 
Samadine, <laughs> yeah. Samadine walk up some more stairs to the main room of the club. The lights come on and Randa walks out onto the stage. She says, Eleanor sent you, right? I figured she'd probably break and give me up. This won't end well for her, of course. Not that it's going to end well for you. Sam takes out the knife. Randa says, oh, now you don't think we're going to let you do that, do you? Dean says, we. Randa raises her eyebrows and two men attack Sam and Dean from either side. Paul Hayes punches Dean uh, into Jimmy Tong. Uh, Jimmy says, I'm the guy from Phoenix you were looking for. And then he throws Dean onto the stage at Randa's feet. Jimmy and Paul hold down Dean's arms so he can't move. Dean says, oh, you guys are stronger than you look. Paul says, comes with the package. Plus, I work out a lot. <laughs> He's very excited about everybody knowing that he works out a lot. <laughs> <laughs> no, yes. Randa says, you can't imagine who I was before. The shy, awkward little thing from Georgia with a heart condition. Then I had the surgery. She puts a high-heeled foot on Dean's chest and says, I became freaking Xena, warrior princess. She sits, uh, she straddles Dean and says, <laughs> I don't know why I paused there. She straddles Dean. Long pause. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Just think about it. <laughs> okay. And she says, I couldn't dissect a frog in high school, but sacrificing to cacao, she pets Dean's face and says, better than sex. She pulls um, aside Dean's shirt and says, so if I go real slow and she runs a finger over Dean's chest and she says, and take my time and enjoy this. I can actually show you your own beating heart before you die. And then she presses uh, the fingers of one hand hard into Jean to Dean's chest, breaking the skin. Dean yells in pain. And then Sam smashes the bottle over Paul's head. Uh, as Sam and Paul grapple, Dean plunges the knife into Randa's stomach. Her eyes and her body uh, around the knife wound burn with red light. Jimmy lets go of Dean and steps back. And Paul and Sam turn to watch Randa. Dean gasps in pain. Uh, Randa stands up, her middle burning with red flames. Red light also burns from the chest of Jimmy and Paul, and they fall to the ground dead. Randa moans as she continues to burn, and then bright white flares out from her middle. The red light goes out, and she drops to the ground dead. Um, Dean, still gasping, looks at Sam and then drops his head down onto the stage. So we cut to inside the Holmes residence. Sam and Dean are standing in, in Mrs. Holmes' kitchen. Dean says, well, we better get going. Uh, we just wanted you to know that it really is over now. Mrs. Holmes says, well, it had to be one way or the other. I half thought you might fail and Randa would come after me. Either way, I'd finally be at peace. Dean says, you take care of yourself, Eleanor. And they leave. So we cut to the Impala at night. Dean says, wow, back in business. Got the win. Admit it. It feels good, huh? You know, I was thinking about what Randa said about, uh, you know, what it feels like to be a warrior. I get it, man. I do. Sam says, because I know. He can't eat bunny food. He's a warrior. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> Sam says, I know. I know you do. I don't. Not anymore. Hell, maybe I never did. Dean says, come on, Sam. Don't ruin my buzz, would you? Sam says, Dean, listen, when this is over, when we close shop up on Kevin and the tablet, I'm done. I mean that. Dean says, no, you don't. Sam says, Dean, the year that I took off, I had something I never had, a normal life. I mean, I got to see what that felt like. I want that. I had that. 
Dean says, I think that's just how you feel right now. So we cut to a flashback. We are in a park. It's daytime. Sam is walking across the bridge with the dog that he hit from uh, the episode. We need to talk about Kevin. Sam says, Amelia, Amelia, this isn't funny. He stops in the middle of the bridge and looks around and says, Amelia, the dog runs off. Sam yells, riot, riot. Sam runs after riot and finds him sitting on a picnic blanket with Amelia. Amelia raises her arms and says, happy birthday. Sam says, what is this? Amelia says, you've never seen a birthday cake before? Sit, eat. When we cut back to real time in the Impala, Sam smiles a little at the memory and then glances at Dean and looks sad. And credits. Okay, so my thoughts for this episode. Um, first one is why would anyone run by themselves? at night like late at night it clearly wasn't just like oh it's dusk you know like this is like I'm out at midnight running around by myself like what are you doing yeah only crazy people do that like find a gym that's 24 hours and go run on a treadmill so that yeah. way you don't get murderized folks you know exactly otherwise you're gonna get your heart ripped out of your chest <laughs> maybe eaten I don't I know. know like <laughs> all sorts of awful things can happen so what are you doing <laughs> yeah uh, okay. My only other, like, my only other thought was that even though I kind of hate Amelia's guts, yeah. she does get one very small brownie point for making that birthday cake. Yes, that was a cute moment. And that makes me hate it even more. <laughs> <laughs> she just makes my blood boil I like the dog of course yeah but like but like she's just a she's such a bitch ass whore like I hate <laughs> her <laughs> I hate her and so yes it was nice that she made a cake for Sam and put on a pretty dress and was like you know here I am on this picnic you know basket picnic basket on this picnic blanket like come get it you know <laughs> <laughs> and here's your cake yeah <laughs> yeah yeah I don't know like I really don't like her but at least she's capable of doing some nice things I guess and by some nice things I mean one nice thing <laughs> this one thing <laughs> and I don't remember a whole lot of like I mean because we see her in flashbacks again I think yeah so, that's one thing I hate about this whole season and that is that it is all flashbacks it's flashbacks of Amelia it's flashbacks of purgatory and I just I I hate like doing the notes on the flashbacks for some reason it's just hard to convey you know yeah especially especially like like they'll do a flashback. They'll be like, okay, cut to this flashback. And then like one of the boys will do like a voiceover in real time. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know how to explain that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like, let me just take eight years to read this because <laughs> yeah. nobody knows what's happening. <laughs> exactly. It's awkward. <laughs> so anyway, I just went on a little rant. I'm sorry. No, it's all good. Yeah. I, I don't remember. I mean, so far out of this is like only episode three but so far out of these episodes for season eight I don't remember much 
yeah. like some things here and there, but it's almost kind of like watching it like brand new again, because let's be real. Like the first time I've, well, I've seen through like season five, a couple of times, but I mean, I don't think I've really ever watched other than like, you know, a couple episodes here and there in season six, like, you know, French mistake and whatever, you know, like Mm -hmm. there are some good ones in season six for sure, but I haven't even watched all of season six more than once other than, well, up until now, you know? Yeah. (laughs) And so it's kind of like almost, oh, I'm watching a new show. Like, I don't remember this and I don't remember this. Yeah, I don't remember a lot, especially when it comes to like the purgatory stuff. But what I do remember is all the Amelia bullshit. Yeah. So I don't, I must have watched this season like again for some reason because it's very clear in my head. All of her. You just hate her that much that it only took once. (laughs) (laughs) That could be. (laughs) Oh, God. Yep. And I don't mind people, you know, characters having relationships with the boys. Like I like Lisa and Dean just fine. Yeah. You know, so it's not, it's not that Sam, you know, has a relationship that makes me hate her. Oh yeah. No, no, no. For me, it's very much that Amelia herself is a bitch. <laughs> That's exactly right. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I don't like her because of her, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> like she just has an awful personality. <laughs> that's right and that one episode this is is this a spoiler doesn't matter I'm not sure where her dad is there and is a giant douchebag like way worse than Amelia oh I don't remember that at all oh it like runs in the family the the douchery Yeah. yeah I mean they're just a bunch of Karens. <laughs> <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Well, so what was your favorite moment from this episode? My favorite moment is a little raunchy. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's when Sam and Dean are in the bunny hole. and dean like takes a whiff and he's like you smell that and (laughs) sam is like you're gross (laughs) i like that whole exchange i thought that was funny (laughs) that was funny also slightly disturbing (laughs) (laughs) i liked it (laughs) what was your favorite moment um so mine was when like just kind of dean's bewilderment at the farmer's market and like why would anybody want to go to a farmer's market (laughs) what is this crap who needs apples you know (laughs) and sam's like it's organic (laughs) and dean's like i don't care (laughs) yeah and it's like okay he's like i don't eat apples um hello you like apple pie do you not (laughs) exactly so whatever but still anyways Mm -hmm. that was kind of my favorite he was just like so out of his element he just didn't even know what to do at the farmer's market and it was almost like when we meet them there like he has no idea that he even is there yeah he's just like he's why just are there like, people all over the place yeah he's just like walking around following sam and then all of a sudden he's like good god where are we yeah i know like <laughs> what's happening right now <laughs> what have i walked into <laughs> um 
So our interesting facts from this episode, um, the first one is this episode guest stars Alan Ackles, who's Jensen Ackles' father as Detective Pike, which I totally, like, I vaguely remember reading about this a couple of times and being like, oh, okay, I don't remember that episode. And then as I watched the episode, I had no idea. (laughs) So was he the detective that was like, what, should I have brought that guy out and shot him? Was he that guy who kind of like freaked out on the boys? Well, that's the only one I remember. Me too, except for the detective that had the transplant and cut his eye out and he wasn't that guy. Yeah, no, it was the other one at the beginning. Huh. I think, okay. So. Um, yeah. Um, so it says Jensen Ackles, um, when asked about memorable moments for him, said that having the opportunity to, to direct his dad in the episode ranks high on his list. Like, does that mean he was like, yeah, I get to boss my dad around <laughs> or yeah. just that he got to work with his dad? <laughs> I think you probably like bossing him around a little bit. I mean, who doesn't? Yeah. A little bit, you know? <laughs> yep. Um, so this is the third episode of Supernatural directed by Jensen Ackles. Hmm. Um, and it's the second episode on the show in which Jensen Ackles directed his father, Alan Ackles. Uh, the first one was Weekend at Bobby's um, from 2010, where Alan did an uncredited voice recording of a newscaster. Um, the father and son also performed together in the movie Devour from 2005, which... Oh, I watched that movie. That was a good movie. I haven't seen that. Let's watch it. What's it, what's it even about? I can't remember. It's been that long. Oh. <laughs> uh, um, it's supposed to be a scary movie, and okay. it wasn't. Oh. Well, there's that. <laughs> yeah. I just remember a really awkward sex scene with oh. Jensen and the main girl lovely <laughs> awkward because like someone else is like mind controlling her and kind of like forcing her to do it and he's just like sitting on an office chair and all of a sudden she's just like hopped on him and it, all of it was awkward <laughs> yeah the whole thing was weird <laughs> that is literally what i remember from that movie <laughs> and that's it so oh, i remember liking it i remember um when the movie got over thinking that was a good movie so yeah yeah. Okay. Um, so it says Sam uses the false identity agent Sambora after rock guitarist uh, Richie Sambora. Um, From Bon Jovi, second- right? Huh? From Bon Jovi, right? I have no freaking clue. <laughs> it doesn't <laughs> say in this, and I, <laughs> I don't know who it is. So Yeah, I think that's Bon Jovi's dude, but okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that's all I got. We'll go with it. <laughs> Um, it says this is, this is the second episode in a row to reference the Norse god Thor. Um, in the previous episode, we see Thor's hammer, um, Mjolnir. Mew Mew. Yeah. <laughs> um, in this episode, a cop comments about one of the suspects. He might be fast, but Thor he ain't in reference to Thor's strength. Um, okay. it says this is the second episode with Aaron Pearl. Um, he also played Roger in Supernatural The Rapture from 2009, which I don't remember. I don't remember that episode or that character. Yeah. Yeah, at all. I'm trying to think. Who Roger? Every I I think of Roger and I think of Roger from Outlander. Like that's where my like who was he in this Roger episode? I know of. <laughs> who was he in this episode? 
Um, it doesn't say. Oh, okay. It just says Roger. So, <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's anybody's guess. <laughs> uh, I'm sure we could probably find out, but I'm not that dedicated because I don't even remember who he was. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't even remember the other episode, so it's not going to help me any. Um, so it says in the scene when Sam and Dean investigate about the murder of a cop in a police station, um, the flag for the state of Iowa can be seen, which apparently means that, because I don't, so I wrote down the different, well, at least what they wrote on here was Minnesota, or what I wrote on here for what they said in the episode, Lord, I'm struggling, was Minnesota and Colorado. Yeah. So I have nothing about Iowa, but whatever, you know. Um, Hmm. I feel like maybe they talked about Iowa, but they didn't go there, which doesn't make sense because they saw the flag. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, wasn't wasn't the cop with the eyeball in Iowa? Oh, maybe. I don't know. It's been a couple days since we recorded the first part of this episode. So yeah. We're just like guessing on everything. Like, I don't well. know. <laughs> 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 um, so it says when Sam and Dean confront Eleanor about her and Brick's true identities, um, a photo of a football player can be seen in the background. It appears to be a picture of Brady Quinn in his number nine orange Denver Broncos jersey. <laughs> He played for the Broncos in 2010 to 2011, uh, the season before this episode aired. Okay. So, apparently, he looked enough like the guy who played. Well, I guess we never see Brick. Yeah, we do. We see do pictures we? of him. Yeah. Well, pictures of him, but we never actually see him. Oh, alive. yeah, him. No, because he's so, dead. Yeah. I mean, yeah. That's kind of, that's always weird to me. It's like this character who's a main character in this episode who we never actually see, you know, like, mm-hmm. those ones kind of weird me out a little bit, not gonna lie, but anyways, everything's fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, so our research from this week, um, we tried to find, so we tried to find anything about cacao, which what, from what I found, cacao isn't like a god like a mayan god it's more of like this specific god was depicted as cacao at some Mm. point so it's like kind of convoluted i'm not at least to me anyways like i i didn't quite get it but we did find the maze god which is what cacao is supposed to be i think at least in the episode Right. Um, so this is off of ancientmayalife.blogspot.com. Um, and the title is The Maze God, and in parentheses, God E. So okay. I don't know if they just like didn't have names for them. So they just kind of labeled them A, B, C, D, E, you know, and just kind of like went huh. down, which I find hard to believe. I don't know. Anyway. Um, <laughs> So it says fertility, jade, beauty, and the idea of being young were all things that ancient Maya thought when they uh, thought when they thought of maize god. Um, they also would draw his head when they wanted a symbol of corn or a symbol of cacao. Um, other than all of these things, this god was connected to rulers and may have had several aspects. 
the ancient Maya believed in a god. I'm sorry, the ancient Maya believed in a lot of gods, and the maize god, which you may see called God E, was definitely a major one of their religion. Um, for appearance, it says the maize god was drawn as a young. Um, that sentence doesn't. It says as a young or as young and with a head that looks somewhat like an ear of corn. There we go. I'm fine. I just, apparently I can't read right now. Um, okay. <laughs> that is his head was elongated and he only had hair right on top of his head. <laughs> <laughs> he had also drawn with a whole bunch of jewelry made from Jade. Um, or he is also drawn with, okay. I'm having a hard, this is like a black background with. <laughs> yeah. And with tiny lettering. writing. I think that's yeah. what's screwing me up is that I'm having a hard time just finding the words here. Um, okay. Where am I? Okay. He is also drawn with a whole bunch of jewelry made from Jade and on his belt, there's an ornament that you may see called the uh, Zook monster. Hmm. Um, X-O-O-K. I'm going with that the zoo okay. monster looks like the head of a shark that was drawn with a lot of artistic license <laughs> <laughs> it says the ancient maya also liked to draw images of the maze god wearing a netted skirt of jade that goes down to the middle of his thighs this quote-unquote skirt might be a symbol of something else um, another is that it represents a turtle shell which is a symbol representing the earth the turtle shell symbol is also a part of a myth about the maze god that the ancient maya seemed to like a lot um it says how the ancient maya drew the maze god didn't always stay exactly the same for a while in the early classic um the first part of the classic period um the ancient maya liked to draw the maze god so his mouth was open and his two front teeth stuck out <laughs> so they kind of like gave him buck teeth <laughs> yeah <laughs> um they moved away from this and eventually began to like drawing him with a closed mouth um, so it says the two aspects, um, this description of the maze God being young with a long head and having only some hair might only apply to an aspect of the maze God. You may know this aspect as the tonsured maze God. I'm not sure how to say that. Um, his ancient Mayan name might be, oh, June Ixim. I'm going <laughs> to guess, um, which has several translations, including one grain corn. <laughs> what a name <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> just one grain of corn that's it <laughs> um the reason why the description might be only for the tonsured maze god is because of what the ancient maya who lived in the classic period never seemed to want to put on their pottery images of another possible aspect the foliated maze god although they did use his name glyph as a head variant for the number eight um the foliated maze god, whose name might be Asian, Asian, Asian um, was connected to corn plants that were fully grown. The ancient Maya drew this possible aspect with an ear of corn coming out of his head. <laughs> wow. The ancient Maya who created the foreknown codices, um, which come from the post-classic period, seemed to have drawn only him. Um, these two aspects might not even be aspects at all. There's also the belief that they were both gods on their own, though they were both gods of corn. Um, so the myth of the maze god, it says there is a myth of the maze god seen from the pre-classic period on um, into the Popol Vuh. Um, it says it doesn't mean it's always the exact same myth, though. In it, the maze god dies, goes into the underworld, and comes back to life. 
when they drew the maze god going into the underworld, which is drawn as being watery, um, ancient Maya artists liked to show him going there in a canoe. The maze god is then reborn, but as strange as it may sound, he isn't resurrected yet. He only does that after he forces his way back above the ground. He doesn't do it alone either. He has either chalk um, or the hero twins help him back out. Before he can force his way back above ground, though, women in the underworld put pieces of jade jewelry on him. This has to be done before he resurrects. Um, it says, it seems rulers in the ancient Maya world wanted people to look at their family's rule as like the cycle of plants. When a ruler died, another one took that ruler's place. Um, it was supposed to be like the cycle that started over with the new ruler. Um, it says, it also looks like rulers thought that they would have actually, or that they would have, <laughs> it also looks like rulers thought that they would actually have the same thing happen to them that happened to the maze god and the myth so they had jade jewelry put on their bodies when they died while alive rulers would impersonate the maze god for rituals which was something they did with other gods too oh my gosh okay so steve just like i didn't hear him come in because he usually yaps at me when he comes in yeah and he just like like jumped up and put his front paws on my leg and I jumped. <laughs> I didn't hear him come up all of a sudden there were, all of a sudden there was something grabbing my leg and I'm just like ah! <laughs> we're oh, good. Steve. <laughs> oh, you little stinker. Um okay we're good. Um so it says an example of where you can see a ruler dressed like the maze god and another god um could Kaawil um, is a sarcophagus lid of Kinik Janab Pakal I, a ruler of Palenque. Ooh, I'm probably butchering these. Um, he may either be rising up from the underworld, rising up to the upper world, or perhaps falling into the underworld. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, another example of an impersonation of the maze god is on Stella H at the site of Kofan. Uh, the king impersonating the god on this Stella is, oh my gosh, okay. Waxa Kla Jun, Uba Ka Awil. <laughs> his netted skirt, um, though, goes to his ankles, which is not the normal length at all for it. Um, it says, according to Oswaldo Chinchilla Mazarigos, uh, the maze god has a lunar aspect. Um, this is because there is a lot of images where he is drawn with a rabbit as well as a symbol representing the moon. This symbol can start from one of two places, either his armpit or his back. Um, there is a theory that the maze god was somehow female too. This is because the netted skirt that the ancient Maya liked to draw him wearing. However, this garment doesn't have any specific connection to women. Hmm. So. Some, some fun facts about the, the, the maze god, which is yeah. kind of weird that they don't have a name for it other than the maze god. Mm -hmm. like, or what is it? Or E8 or whatever? Um, god E. God E. Yeah, that's strange right there. I wonder <laughs> what that's about. It's like, uh, is this just like you're just going down the alphabet? going okay this one's a this one's b this one's c you know like yeah it's strange a? i don't know so anyway um so that was interesting yes. um what was your idiot or aspect moment from this week okay so the other day i was making coffee 
and I have a pour over, right? So I heat up some water and I've got that like ceramic cup sitting on my coffee cup with a filter in it, with coffee in it. Mm -hmm. And I pour the water over the coffee grounds. Um, So I was doing that, minding my own business, (laughs) you know, suddenly a fruit fly comes in and like kamikazes into my, my very hot water stream. (laughs) Okay. And like falls into the coffee grounds dead from the hot water. Boiled it. (laughs) And I was like, oh, and then I had this little debate with myself. Like, is this salvageable? (laughs) I mean, it's not like the fruit fly is going into the coffee, but you might get fruit fly juice. <laughs> yeah, I know. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to dump the whole thing, you know, it's better safe than sorry. And if I don't do it, I'll fret about it the whole time I'm drinking the coffee. And then like, you just don't want you know, your coffee experience to be like that. <laughs> yeah. And then like go to Eric and be like, I'm dying. You know? <laughs> <Not> <laughs> <me>. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, okay, I'll just remake it. Like it's annoying as that is. So <laughs> So I remake it. There's no fruit fly incident, mm-hmm. but I take the pour over off of my coffee cup and they're bobbing in my coffee is like a piece of like minced garlic or something. What? <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> but it ruined my fucking coffee again. <laughs> Cause I'm not just going to fish out some unknown thing. And then drink that shit. You know what I mean? I'd yeah. freak out and worry about it the whole time and be like, Eric, I'm dying. You know, like <laughs> if I started to feel funny. And yeah. yeah. So I had to make my coffee again. Oh, it was fine. It was fine that time. No mishaps. Yeah. But I don't know what was going on. I should have just like, you know, got rid of the whole thing and went with an energy drink. But- <laughs> well I guess now you know (laughs) yeah what's weird about that fruit fly though like who just like flies into boiling water I know maybe he was a blind fruit fly I guess must be a thing that's all I've got so I I I don't I don't know (laughs) yeah (laughs) well I was distressed so uh, what was your idiot or aspa moment? Okay, so mine, I felt kind of bad after this one, but <laughs> we had an area which has been cleared out since that had a bunch of like, there's like a wheel hub and all sorts of different stuff. Because I mean, there's just areas of garbage and whatnot over at our place because we're still trying to clean it out. Mm-hmm. and apparently there's been some baby bunnies that have been living around in, in those parts. So I go to like, cause the compost on top was kind of drying out a little bit. So I go to like, as the stream is on from the hose, go and spray it into the compost. And so I kind of just run it over the ground, obviously over there. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden I see this little thing shoot out from the, <laughs> where, like the stream, you know, line or whatever. And I'm like, what in the world? And I look over and there's this little baby bunny. <laughs> he's like the size of my fist, you know, and he's just like, <laughs> you know, like, he's just, like breathing hard, just like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. He's like damp, you know? <laughs> yeah. He's like, looked like a wet cotton ball. 
Yeah. Oh no, I felt really bad. He like, I, I just shot him with the hose unsuspecting and he goes running out and I'm mm. like, okay, okay. And so I like had to turn off the hose and try and like herd the baby bunny back into where he belonged, you know? And he wasn't like teeny tiny. So he wasn't like baby, baby, but he was still very little. Yeah. And so I kind of like tried to herd him back in and eventually he did kind of go back into where he was, but he just like was sitting there underneath his little cover and just like breathing heavy, you know? Like, yeah. Oh. That was terrifying. You know? And so Poor I felt thing. really bad. Yeah. I mean, it didn't do anything to him other than get him wet. You and know? scared. Yeah. But I, I scared him and he was breathing heavy and I just felt bad. <laughs> yeah poor so thing. I was a big old ass butt for shooting a baby bunny Jeez, Rochelle I know <laughs> <laughs> I felt awful like he just he came out of there so fast too he was just like oh my god <laughs> yeah. this is the worst oh and he was the only guy in there I think so I mean like nobody else came out of there so I'm assuming that and he might not have been like living in there or anything but he might have just like wandered his way over there and was like taking cover over there because we do have like a couple hawks or maybe it's just one I'm not totally sure that keeps mm-hmm. coming back and like you hear it it's up there like ah! you know and, like, yeah. <laughs> flying over the field looking for things to eat and it's just kind of like um why don't you take care of our gopher problem please thanks you know <laughs> yeah so do hawks eat gophers um they eat small things that move I mean I wouldn't leave a small dog or a cat out there you know yeah so I would assume that like a gopher would be free game as long as you know they weren't underground (laughs) yeah I just think of gophers as being big for some reason I can't picture a gopher in my mind (laughs) so I don't know where I'm getting that from gophers are like so you know like a mole size right mm-hmm. from what I've seen so when Hunter ate the baby gopher yeah it was about mole size I think okay. so a full-grown gopher would probably be like twice that maybe yeah I don't know maybe not twice that but like not small but not big I mean I would assume like still smaller than a bunny mm-hmm I don't totally know though. I don't know much about gophers other than Mm -hmm. I want them gone. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. They need to go. Because they keep making like tunnels and stuff in throughout our pasture. And now that the horses are out there, they keep like stepping and like they'll literally just be walking and then they'll sink into the ground because, right. You know, there's nothing under it. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. And that's that's not good for them. Isn't that dangerous for them? Um, If they're going fast, yes. If they're just mm-hmm. walking, it's annoying, you know, but yeah. it's not necessarily going to hurt them unless they like freak out, you know, yeah. but it's not like they're going super deep into the ground, but still, you know, mm-hmm. like if they were running around or something and they did that, they can hurt something for sure. So yeah, it's kind of frustrating. I want them gone, but what can, what you, can do you do about it? Yeah. What, what does the internet say you can do about it? I mean, I'm sure you can probably put like traps up or something, but you can't have those out with the horses. Cause what if the horses start screwing with the traps or, you know, right. Ooh, what's this? Let me step on it. And you know, whatever. Yeah. I don't know. So I don't know how they would do that. I mean, you could potentially like flood them out 
like stick a hose Mm -hmm. down the hole and flood them out but I don't know like if um yeah I don't know Hmm. I have no idea I'm not I'm by no means a gopher expert (laughs) yeah (laughs) I can't even picture them all my carrots out of my gardens those bastards (laughs) and like they take the whole thing too it's not like you just like pull up the carrot top and then there's no carrot like Mm -hmm. there's a hole in the ground and it's all missing you know yeah pull them up roots and all and take them away to their little layers little fuzzy punks but anyway okay well thanks for (laughs) listening to us and our shenanigans you can email us at idgits and aspects podcast at gmail.com the word and is spelled out you can also find us on facebook and instagram under idgits and aspects a supernatural podcast make sure to rate and review us on itunes and send us your idgit and aspect moments for a chance to hear your story on a podcast thanks again thank you